0: Anyhow, uh, (laughs) 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 what movie are we talking about today?
1: (laughs) Oh, which? Oh, man. This
0: is so fucking brutal. Oh my god. So so this is episode number whatever. Jim cat. <laughs> yeah. Jim cat. Jim cat. Um how <laughs> well
1: welcome back everyone. We have a doozy. How how did you find out about this movie? I just want to know.
0: Yeah, s- some of my filmmaking friends will have movie nights. And a lot of them are real cinephiles. I mean, they watch everything. And I, I don't because, I don't know, I, I would rather base my movie knowledge and my filmmaking knowledge off of a smaller group of movies that I know extremely well. Because, you know, if they're so bad that they're good, you know, you can watch them and kind of, you know, learn from people's mistakes because I think it's easier to kind of, um, learn from a bad movie, like what doesn't work than to watch a good movie and try and figure out what they do. Right. You know, because the good movies are kind of seamless and the bad movies, like the cracks really show. And, uh, in the case <laughs> of a movie like Jim Cotta, it kind of stinks out loud. And oh, yeah. so, like I said, some of my movie making friends, like, you know, we'll do movie nights, uh, you know, about once a month and a lot of them are real cinephiles and they will track down just the most, you know, garbage, obscure, weird movies because um, we've all seen most of the good ones. Right. So, right. you know, they, they'll kind of fall into this thing of outdoing each other of, you know, getting these really bad movies, <laughs> and um, you know, trying to find, you know, who, who can dig up the smelliest garbage kind of thing. So uh, Jim Cotta was uh, our New Year's double feature. So there, there was a lot of beer, uh, a lot of a lot of joke. We basically mystery science theater our way through it. Um, That's probably of, the only good way that you could watch this movie.
1: I watched this movie alone and hated myself for it. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah la- laughter is contagious and if you don't have that audience <laughs> laughter then uh you know you might be sitting there just brain leaking out of your ear so yeah that's for people who don't know what we're talking about how would how yeah. would you what what's your elevator pitch how would you describe Jim uh
1: it's um a martial arts movie with a slant and it revolves around a character uh, basically doing a life-or-death obstacle course. That's <laughs> the best. And if he wins, uh, he gets a request. He wins a request. Uh, that's a really horrible elevator pitch. But, man, I'll tell you what, like, it, this movie is a hard sell. <laughs>
0: I mean, like, this... Um, well, I don't even know where to begin. It's, it's, uh, it's really interesting because... The director of this movie was also the director of Enter the Dragon. Enter the Dragon is awesome.
1: Which, OK, I found this out,
0: too, and it blew my fucking mind. So uh, that so <laughs> what's directed so, Enter the well, Dragon. So what that tells you is that Bruce Lee really directed Enter the Dragon. <laughs> yes. And this guy was kind of, um, you know. More than likely sort of a journeyman that the studio kind of had there, uh, you know, who understood some nuts and bolts aspects about about it, but was probably really cheap and, um, you know, kind of just there so that the studio would would be more at ease, you know, because if Bruce Lee wasn't known for being a director, they weren't going to trust him with what was at the time the biggest budget martial art you know, most lavish martial arts film ever produced. Um, you know, cause they really took that Hong Kong style and did it the American way with, you know, big, big lavish production values, writing <laughs> lots of money and everything. Uh, Jim Cotta is kind of, I, I can sort of see why on paper someone thought, you know, Hey, this is the next enter the dragon because you, um, What is the name of the gentleman? Uh, Kurt Thomas? Kurt Thomas. Yep. It plays Um, the character Jonathan Cabot. Yes. Okay. So Kurt Thomas in real life was an actual gold medal winning Olympian athlete. So you have a world class athlete. With someone who appeared to have directed a world class (laughs) action film. And you put the two of them together, you know, because Bruce Lee, you know, being a martial artist was a world class athlete and you put the two of them together and you can kind of see how somebody thought this was a good idea on paper. For sure. However, (laughs) in execution, (laughs) the devil really is in the details. Oh, man. Part Um, Part of the reason this movie is so... I mean, we haven't even gotten to the plot yet, really. No, and I have it, the I have the Wikipedia synopsis. Oh, good. I'm, I'm really
1: curious to hear that. <laughs> you want me to say it? I'll, yeah. I'll quote it right now.
0: Yeah, let's do that.
1: An American gymnast travels to a foreign country to compete in the deadly game, not won by anyone other than a native in more than 900 years.
0: That's it. So, <laughs> yeah. So if. If nobody because like in the movie, they say that nobody has has even gotten into the country in 900 years. So how how do they know if no one's won? Well, yeah. How do they know if no one's won? How did his dad get in? Because his dad was apparently the guy in the opening scene that gets you think gets killed. And then the con's daughter You know, they they say at one point, like, um, oh, don't worry, her mother's Indonesian or something like that, which apparently they just it's like, well, she clearly looks like no one else in this country. Right. This fictional country of um, Parmistan. Parmistan. Right. (laughs) I tried looking that up. I'm pretty sure it isn't real. It might as well be unspecified as Stan because there's no like you can't figure out like where in the world it's supposed to be they say you can't they say it's like somewhere in Asia but it kind of looks like they have Italian mobsters chasing them at one point
1: yes and then there's like cornfields like it looks like more England you know English than uh you know Asian so um I kind of thought like Turkey for some reason. That, that was my general vibe. Okay. But uh, just on, based on how it looks. Uh, but, uh... <laughs>
0: well, <Parmistan. laughs> the, uh, apparently it was filmed in Yugoslavia. Okay. So that that's really where, you know, the, the real-world Parmistan <laughs> took it's, place at. Um, but, yeah, that's just such a bizarre thing. Like, no one's even gotten in in 900 years. And... For a movie that is as long you know it's 90 minutes, what little plot there is, they skate completely over all of that. i I actually had to turn on the subtitles because like not only because I felt like I was missing things because they were just going through like the whole setup at warp speed. uh yeah, I mean it, it's really that one briefing scene where if you're not like if you look down to like grab a handful of popcorn that's it. it like the whole plot of the movie is explained right there and they never circle back to it un- until the very end but we'll we'll get we'll get to that <laughs> <laughs> right um but yeah they just uh, never circle back to that i i hit a, i think i missed the fact that they said that it was the guy's dad twice uh, I, yes,
1: I did, too. And when they had their reunion, like yeah. towards the end of the movie, I was like, huh?
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, that that uh, happened to me both times I watched it. So the first time I'll blame on beer drinking. But the second time, um, like I say, I, I was watching it with the subtitle. So I, I must have like looked down to write a note and then just completely missed that because I I still kind of didn't understand why he was even recruited in the first place. You know, because because somebody thought like, hey, let's train a gymnast to send into this, you know, death game, because that's somehow more effective than a tactical nuclear strike. Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So how would you uh,
1: describe the martial art form of Gymkata?
0: Oh, well i I guess you'd just have to steal the the line from the trailer that it's uh
1: <laughs> what is it? like explosive oh, synergy
0: yeah, right with of <laughs> of gymnastics with the and karate uh, the something of karate right comes an explosive new martial art and it's more or
1: less a floor routine with kicking, <laughs> you know yeah,, uh, just you know, kind of like gracefully doing somersaults and, you know, flips in the air and shit. yeah, with, and, with some kicks
0: and most of his, quote, training, um because they way after they recruit him, um they they kind of, you know, set it up like um like they're they're training him, like they're preparing him for this right. for this game very little karate in any of that. Very little. You know, it's just kind of the the princess doing these bullshitty, like, gotcha, <laughs> pulling a knife out of her hair. <laughs> right. You know, situations that don't really prepare anyone for anything, you know. Like, be paranoid. Right. And, and if you think you're being p- paranoid, you're not being paranoid enough. That's it. Right. If, you know... <laughs> done. And then there's... So he has two coaches,
1: but I don't know what they were coaching him on necessarily. The one part that I found really absurd and confusing is one of the coaches is suddenly on a gigantic Clydesdale horse trotting by Mm -hmm. Jonathan Cabot. Yeah. Never. There was no establishing shot that this was a place where Clydesdale horses were at. But suddenly here's a horse you know like it was it, it made me like sit
0: back in my chair and be like what <laughs> you know? so this movie came out in 1985 how mm-hmm. many how many movies deep into the rocky series were we at that point i know this four okay all right so do you think maybe they the, the disjointedness is like, hey, let's do a training montage, <laughs> you know, but without music because we can't afford music. But what, we'll, you know, try and do this Rocky style with just taking these everyday um, farm equipment situations and turning it into some kind of, you know, trumped up training. Uh, but they kind of imitated the wrong aspects of what Rocky got right. Right. They, they completely did. So that's probably going to be a running theme. <laughs> is imitating the wrong things that something else did.
1: Um another uh running theme is conveniently placed gymnastics
0: equipment. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there really is. There there's de- there's two parts where that really jumps out. The one yeah. is when he's getting chased by the uh like like the mafia and then there's there's just this gymnast bar um, yeah hand hand, hand bar, uh in an alleyway and it w- that alone you could kind of forgive is like a pipe being there except when he grabs it you can see the talcum powder <laughs>
1: like <laughs> i was just gonna say <laughs> fly that.
0: <off> of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 um, and, and then there's the uh later on way way later on in the movie there's the um like that a pommel horse, right? They, they, try, the crazy kicks. <laughs> they try to make it look like it belongs there, but it's just, it's clearly a pommel horse. Like yep. it's, there's <laughs> this thing has no pragmatic purpose for, for farm equipment, village equipment, nothing. And it's like four minutes, like right there with the whole village attacking him, mm-hmm. you know? And part of the reason why the fight scenes just don't land in this is everybody you know and and not to take anything away from kurt thomas there because the the guy's got some moves like some of the things he does are really physically impressive but the fight choreography is always like a beat behind and and it's very apparent that people are just kind of waiting to attack him yes (laughs) you know it's like now serving number seven number seven (laughs) step right up (laughs) right Um, And it's the Phantom Menace really did that, too, where everyone kind of had these like bullshitty, flashy moves, these big spin moves with their lightsabers. But it was really to hide the fact that Darth Maul couldn't possibly defend against two people attacking him at once. Right. So they would, you know, they tried to dress it up that way, but people saw through that and. Uh, I don't think they even try to dress it up in this because you can just clearly see people kind of like you know doing that thing where they're sort of like running in place like they're just waiting to run into the shot <laughs> before they run in. And that village scene, man, it's just like I said, it, it's like four minutes. I yes, I, I rewound it just so because I felt like it. Oh my god, end, end, please end, <laughs> and and I rewound it just so I could see <laughs> how long it was.
1: I think it might be longer than when uh, Keith David fought Rowdy, Roddy Piper in They Live. I think it might be longer than that, which that was an absurdly long fight scene, like a, the fight between them two. But uh, but that was for comedic effect, I think. Yes, that oh, that was completely intentional. I don't think I think that this was they shot so much of it. they like, let's just put it all in, <laughs> you know?
0: Right. Uh, um, the, mo- the movie has no plot, so you can't drag those scenes out. No. Uh, yeah, we'll get to the last the last
1: still of the movie later on. But I was just... Uh, I sent Brian a text where I was just... It was just like exclamation points because I was like, what is... What? Uh, but um, the other weird thing that I noticed is uh, there's many times... Where he has a weapon, but then just throws it away. And I always thought that it was a missed opportunity when they don't use Jim Gymkata with
0: a weapon. Well, <laughs> you know, you know and, and to that point, you kind of have the scene where he lands in the country just outside of unspecified Astan. And then you have the dumbest James Bond briefing sequence possible because the the guy's like showing him all of these deadly weapons and it's like look it's actually a different weapon <laughs> you know whereas, whereas in a James Bond movie like that works because it's like here's a pen and this is how it turns into a bomb detonator you know so that's creative and you know again it's like they saw something and then Copied the wrong things about it, <laughs> right? Um, be- and and they don't use any of those weapons. Like they never come back. It's like a two minute scene where they're explaining, like you know, how a throwing axe turns into a bigger throwing axe, <laughs> and, <Right. laughs> and, and then they never use it. <laughs> right, it, it never comes back. Like
1: it's, the um, the knife that has the launcher, like it launches the blade out. And they make like a big deal about it right in the beginning. And then it's never used for anything. You know, like the, what, what are those called? Because it's not new. It's not like this. Oh, wow, that's so cool. It's been in so many things where it's like mm-hmm. you hit the button on the blade and the blade launches itself like a dart. You know, right. Uh, that's not nothing ever happens with that. If it did happen, I completely missed it. But man, I'll say this movie was kind of one of those instances where your, your brain is really battling you know, there's a battle between two sides of your brain. One brain is, one part of your brain is saying, "Keep watching this," and the other one's like, "I want to get the fuck out of here," right? So there's this. Let me constant, out! Let me out! Let me out! Let me out, <laughs> right, let me out! Let me out! Right, right. So there may be things that I miss because you know I'm just trying to battle with my own <laughs> will to not watch this anymore. Um, there, are, I mean, okay. This well, in as a whole, this movie is. I would say fun to watch. You know, it's okay. It's not it's it's nowhere near anything that would be considered the worst I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, there there was a magazine because there's surprisingly little information out there about this movie, which is surprising to me because it does have kind of a cult following. And uh, some magazine, I I forget, I should have wrote it down in my notes, but I didn't. But there, there was a, a reputable magazine that named it like the 17th worst movie of all time. Wow. I, I don't know if I'd go that far. I think I don't think they've seen enough bad movies to make. That. Oh, for sure. But like, you know, we're really trashing this movie because it is a trash can. But it's it's fun. It's fun to watch like it's fun bad. It's not like House of a Thousand Corpses give me an optical headache bad.
1: It's not even in the same ballpark as American Cyborg Steel Warrior. You know, not it's not. No, but this movie is bad, but it's not like there's some parts that did make me laugh. And I chuckled because it's it's just ridiculous. The other thing that um, made me laugh kind of at the end of it when I was really thinking about this movie was the severe lack of a full set of teeth in this movie. There are so many extras that just have missing teeth, you know, like you're, you're talking uh, to the, the village of the crazies. Yeah, no, no, not the village of the crazies. Like even before the um, event starts, like all the extras around the king or whatever. Um, uh, the Then then the woman who's like rubbing him down like he gets he gets knocked out by like an antagonist at the beginning of the movie and he wakes up and some crazy lady with no teeth is like giving him a rub down.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right.
1: (laughs) Like there's not a lot of full sets of teeth in this movie, which I found very strange.
0: Yeah. There, there's a few things that are like really unsettling and, and I don't think they're on purpose because there, there's a shot during his training sequence. That's almost horrific, except he's wearing two pairs of shorts Thank God, because um, it's like straight down on him while he's doing a handstand up a set of stairs, oh, yeah. and it's just oh my God! Thank, thank God he's not wearing you know tidy whiteies because like you know that's that's when you would have to get that mosaic sensor ball out and <laughs> right. Nope, nope, no
1: one wants. Maybe to there, see there. That. maybe there could mm-hmm. be prosthetic ball coverings mm-hmm. in this movie.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah, they they <laughs> did they did try. They really they really tried and failed you know but th- they did try because those fight scenes don't choreograph themselves but the timing is just so off that like if you and and for as many shots as they did have I'm surprised that they didn't realize that you could bridge that lack of timing with another shot
1: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> You know, right. so just break it up a little bit more. And um, there you go. A big problem solved. But uh, nope, there there's delayed reactions to everything. Um, we'll we'll get back to the t- the teeth, toothless people in a minute. Uh, but the uh, the one thing that just cracks me up, like every time doesn't matter if I'm in the middle of drinking a Coke, I'll snort it through my nose, whatever is the you know there's so many impact sounds and and kick sounds (laughs) they'll put the jet like the sound of jets taking off on some of his kicks to give it that like (laughs) like ultra impactful sound but it's just so (laughs) heavy-handed right oh makes me laugh every time okay so
1: let's let's set up uh, the obstacle course or race. Um, uh, so, the, for people the, who are. The game. Not, the, the game,
0: yeah. As it's so cleverly named.
1: So, it starts off at like a castle. And then there's like, they say it's like a five mile run, but it's more or less like in the movie, it's like a jog down maybe half a football field. <laughs> it's not very far. Um, and it's mostly through corn. And then they get um, uh, they get to these like a rope, but like a, you have to climb up a rope uh, by a cliff um, throughout this whole thing. Like they set up these rules right through this obstacle course, because the contestants of the game are also being chased by murderous knights of the antagonist.
0: Which, What's his name? Which the Khan never mentions. Right. When, when he's going through that. And I I was really confused at first when they because they release some prisoners um, be, because apparently that's an act of charity where they give them a chance to play this game like these people that were condemned to death. And if they win it, then, you know, they win their freedom or something like that. uh. <laughs> But, but they never explain that. And the, the ninjas are acting as referees, but at the same time, they can, they can kill you if they yeah. decide and they never follow the rules. Cause they, after that happens, um, even, even Jonathan Cabot there is confused because they're following him on horseback. I guess that's like a preview of what they can expect. So, you know, that was right. nice of them. Um, But then the guy just kills him and and the 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 greasy henchman is just like like he explains the rule set where it's like, well, he violated this, but then he should have waited to the next stage and then he kills him for breaking the rules. Right. So he kills the guy, the ref who killed the guy for breaking the rules and then in the very next scene, someone just breaks the rules and and he's just like, eh, I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll allow it. So right. it, that to me is really bizarre that they make such a belabored point of explaining it, but then there's no consistency to any of it.
1: Right. Like here are the rules and there's severe consequences, but who gives a shit? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. So then they get up the, the rope climb, then they have another little jog and then it's like, uh, a rope bridge, I guess, you know, and you have to, like, get across to the other side. But people just sh- the ninjas just shoot arrows at people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, like, oh, and they also said, like, seems fair for the they made a point that they uh, said that the ninjas doing the killing have to be on the same part of the course. Right. Mm-hmm. That's also part of the rules. Right. So. Which doesn't matter anyways, because, you know, later on, um, you know, uh, Jonathan Cabot is almost across this rope bridge and and, the ninja tries to like slice him across the chest with a sword. Mm -hmm. And they're not on the same part of the obstacle course. Right. Um, And then past the rope bridge, you get to the weirdest goddamn part of the movie.
0: Well, there was supposedly a swamp in there. And and then and then the village of the damned and then another run back through the forest.
1: Right. Which well, we didn't see the swamp, though. I don't remember the swamp. I remember the forest, which is really like five trees.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and all the leaves are down because they shot in the (laughs) spring or the fall. So there's (laughs) just no foliage anywhere. Uh, it, it just looks like pure, pure death (laughs) out there. Um, but you know, like you said, we, we don't really have any concept of where any of this is taking place, um, geographically because they, they just kind of cut to, uh, completely past that first five mile run to, to the rope climb. So, you know, let's, let's just get to the interesting bits and wow, like that, you know, those ninjas, I got to say man, like if they're running the course and they have the ability to fight right and they're dressed head to toe in these masks. Those guys got to have cardio for days. <laughs> like <laughs> right. What I I don't know what gym they go to, but like uh Par, Parmesia stand isn't fucking around with their uh <laughs> with, yep. with their Parmesia's gym.
1: <can't>. Uh, no you're you're right but also (laughs) the stances of the ref referees slash brutal murderers uh slash ninjas um it seems like sometimes they're there to point you in a direction and sometimes they're there to be like don't go in this direction Mm -hmm. but you never
0: know which one's which
1: (laughs) you know like are they saying don't go here are they saying go this way
0: yeah. Right. Cause they're just kind of pointing with a flag. Right. And, and sometimes they'll have like both their arms out. So I, I guess you could go either way or are, <laughs> are you telling me like, you know, like, like, you're your, right, like you're holding your arms out, blocking a doorway, you know, right. Um, it, it'd be nice if they picked a lane on that. Yeah. It would be a little less confusing.
1: And, uh, also there's, um, several contestants with Jonathan, um, uh, that, uh, get killed. Yeah. I, I don't want to go through all of them, but there's one in particular that basically has tinfoil as gauntlets that are sewn into a sweater who is also really trying his hard to be,
0: uh, Arnold <laughs> Schwarzenegger or Chuck Norris or someone. <laughs> right. Uh, well the- now my, my impression was that those guys were supposed to be like the agents of the other countries. Because they, so what they what they really gloss over and and the whole reason that he's trying to get in there, apparently besides to f- find his father um, is they the CIA wants to build a missile defense base as part of Star Wars. Yes, because it's the 80s. And, you know, that's that's just what we do. (laughs) Um, But, you know, they they gloss over that really fast and you never hear about it again until the very last freeze frame. Which it's like, Oh, by the way, the base got built the end. (laughs)
1: Yes, I actually wrote it down. What the final part says in the movie, the final still. Because this is what I've texted Brian, like, what? Because I completely, like, forgot that this was the purpose why Jonathan Cabot was there. Like, I remembered that he could win a request. Now, also, I want to add that there begins a very faint love triangle happening during this movie between jonathan cabot the princess uh and the antagonist who i can't remember his name other than he has a braided ponytail or a braided thing part of his hair is braided like a braided rat tail right um so the final still says in 1985 the first early Warning Earth, or the first early warning Earth station was placed in Parmistan for the U.S. Star Wars defense program. That's what the movie ends on. Yep. Uh, and it's all this movie also became a propaganda machine. So, so the st- Strategic Defense Initiative was actually proposed by Ronald Reagan in 1983. Uh, so it was basically like satellites. It was very uh, a very James Bond thing, like satellites orbiting the Earth that could dismantle a nuclear weapons shot out of Russia.
0: Right. That's it. I don't think it worked. <laughs> like it was, just, you know. Uh, I I don't know if it was ever used because uh, no one's fired a nuclear missile since then, thank God. Right. Um. But uh, so if that was the proposal in '83 then they must have jammed that through Congress for uh, for them to be building that by 85. Right. Because um, the, the gears of government do not turn that fast. No, they do not. Not today. I mean, uh, you know, for God's sakes, it, it took them three and a half years to even talk about building Space Force, and, and Netflix beat them to the punch <laughs> on that. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Space Force. Space Force. <laughs> It's so silly. OK, did you see the Space Force flag that Trump released like a few weeks ago? Uh,
0: if if it's not the logo for Moonraker for for the Drax Corporation, then uh, I, I don't I, I don't want to see it.
1: <laughs> it is so incredibly similar to the Star Trek logo, that little like swoosh that goes up with like the star in the center. OK, it's wild, man. <laughs> like They just like, we watched a science fiction movie and we made a logo from that. We just stole a logo. Like, you know, it, it's so crazy. But anyways, that's that's a tangent. Yeah.
0: Um, but so he when they're explaining this to him. He doesn't question it at all. He's just like, yep, OK, good. I, I mean, he in and in general, he really just seems to go along with anything that anyone says. In this movie, like, you know, they say they're the CIA, but they could be a Hitler youth group for all (laughs) he questions it. And, you know, so apparently the lesson about the princess being, (laughs) um, you know, paranoid never really sinks in. Right. Because he continually falls for these traps and, you know, like goes down an alleyway and a gate shuts behind him. And, um, you know, it's just a laundry list of tropes and cliches. Uh, but one thing I did want to bring up is so that, that guy, um, explaining about the satellite that looked overdubbed to me, like, yeah. like maybe they changed the dialogue. Maybe it wasn't star Wars to begin with, you know, maybe it was something else and, and they just felt like they had to do something to make it, to make the movie current or, or something. Um, and especially with the ending text, where it's like, like that could have been anything, you know, <laughs> it it was, really could it have like a, and afterwards they went to Chuck E. Cheese. You know what I mean? But right. It's like, you know what? This movie needs a little bit. <laughs> this movie needs a little bit of punch. Uh, I don't know. Gussy it up with something about Star Wars in there. That's current, Right. right? I feel like I saw right. that in the newspaper recently. Right. Yeah. Well,
1: it just seems so
0: weird because
1: um, there's no. uh they mentioned it in the very beginning about the satellites and the request. If you win the game, your reward of the request, a whole lot of not mentioning it. And then the still scene, like the still frame of the text. It's like, OK, uh, thanks for allowing me to forget about it, only to be confused right at the end.
0: Right, right. And I, I really enjoy how, you know, after all of this. You know, because once we get back to the country, she's mostly submissive because the princess's whole reason for rebelling is that she's getting forced into an arranged marriage with Ponytail Guy. Yes. Um, and he turns out to be a traitor, apparently. Um, uh uh-huh. So the the con <laughs> winds up turning against him anyway. Um, but there's just something really bizarre to me about like after everything kurt thomas jonathan cabot has been through um that you know his girlfriend sweeps out of the crowd like he's not even in danger she just like hijacks a horse and runs in and swoops him up (laughs) there's just something really weird about that like I don't know if it's emasculating or what, or, or if it's just offbeat. I, I just I, I can't put my finger on like why that's it's just I don't know. It's just weird to me.
1: Um, can we can we please start talking about like the weirdest shit in the movie now? Like the village of the crazies? Well, or whatever the fuck.
0: Let's what are they called? <laughs> uh, I, I called it the village. They called it the village of the damned. Oh, um, no, these I, people are crazy. Yeah, I, I like to think it's the inspiration for the village in Resident Evil 4. OK, <laughs> you know, because it's just in the middle of this rural country. Um, it's a town. It's just it's just a run down old town. But it's just anyone everywhere just instantly has the most dangerous farm equipment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, scythes, Sickles. Right. Pitchforks. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Pommel horses. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> OK, so as soon as he enters, you know, this is where the if you watch the trailer, this is the where the gate shuts behind him, you know, and he gets a little started startled. But the first person he comes across makes the weirdest high pitch. Like, oh, it's not screaming, but and I'm not going to mimic it. On this podcast. I'm not going to put you guys through that.
0: Yeah, I I know what you're talking about. I can't even mimic it either. It's like a a strangled kind of bird call or something. Yeah. And he just tries to kill
1: uh, Jonathan easily. I mean, not easily, but he's like really attacking him. And Jonathan pushes him off and he puts his hand on like a pipe, right? I'm assuming that this pipe is hot uh, after the fact because he can't get his hand off it and he just is screaming or chirping or whatever gets higher and higher Mm -hmm. and uh, he cuts his own hand off Mm -hmm. and then for no reason crawls away for no
0: reason like he he takes a couple of swipes that swipes at Jonathan misses him and then he's just like well that hand's gotta go (laughs) Shops I'm, it off because I'm crazy, and um, and then the the people around him, you know, it, it's like they're making it out to seem like this is their way of communicating, like they right. have like they have some language where, um, you know, this th- that it's like secret signs, but it's really just bullshit. It's it's just random weird noises, and it, it yeah, and it it never abates through the scene. No, you it just kind of change it up a little bit. And uh, it, it just kind of annoys you because that part of the movie goes on for like 20 minutes. Right. Uh, so he gets further in. Um, at one point, and, and like I said earlier, I turned the subtitles on. It one Because the subtitles during all that, it, it's usually just like indistinct shouting, <laughs> ye- yelling foreign language, right? And then at one point, it says yelling in Japanese. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay okay
1: (laughs) if you say so yeah um not gonna question uh, right he progresses a little further he finds like another contestant named gomez you only know it's a contestant named gomez because he says gomez when he sees his speared body attached to a wall with like blood coming downstairs the weirdest goddamn thing about this this sequence is the dog licking. Like, so there's a puddle of blood at the bottom of these stairs from Gomez's punctured body. And the, the dog licking up the blood, the sound of it is so incredibly loud. It's pretty revolting. Like, it's disgusting how loud that sound
0: that slurping sound is—it's gross. I can't believe it. They didn't put jets on the uh, the sound of that to make it seem like it's looking it up faster, did they? <laughs> no, no, they didn't. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Um, so like, okay, I don't know. So how... that, at that point, there's only one more of the nameless contestants introduced because the the big guy. With the uh, tinfoil armor is, is running around. Yeah. Um, he he. they showed him killing someone in the woods like he choked a guy to death be, because I guess they wanted to establish that he's a threat to Jonathan, like they're not on the same team. You know, he's one of the bad guys and, and he's going to play dirty to to get ahead of him and cheat him. Um, right. So he's out there and and he chokes this guy to death. But when he runs off, you can see the guy like still breathes, but then right he mo- he moves a little, yeah. <laughs> but but then steps behind his uh, Jonathan Cabot, and he runs up and he checks him, and it, it, like it's supposed to be this dramatic thing, but we have no information about this character. There no. no, there were no speaking lines. It's just okay,
1: right? Um, and then what was the? <sighs> so just after this scene during okay we're going to jump back a little bit because during um, Jonathan's shimkata training uh, they mentioned something about chopping wood and like hearing things right like so he has like spider sense now I I don't know what the correlation was to chopping wood and how that developed into this like sixth sense that he has you know
0: weird
1: right there's no explanation for it but then it's only revealed one more time that he has this hidden ability so he hears a arrow being like pulled back and shot and he moves out of the way and it hits uh you know the um the big guy with the foil gauntlets on uh in the shoulder so he's wounded now yeah. That's.
0: I mean, it's really weird, like, and, and that's right before. So that's part of what slows him down and, and the, the crazies turn on him, and Jonathan right. manages, manages to get away, but he, he dies a pretty horrific, uh, death actually. And it, it's one of the few times where the movie, I think actually succeeds in, uh, what it set out to do, which is, you know, make his death seem, um, I don't know. May, maybe they wanted you to root for it because he's a bad guy, but I I felt pretty bad for him because he's laying on the ground, literally in a pigsty, and you know they're they're just stabbing him to death with pit, pitchforks, and then the pigs start swarming him and eating him while he's yeah still, while he's still alive. I think like, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, <laughs> right. Sucks to be that guy. Jesus Christ.
1: Um. Uh. And then we get into my one of my what the fuck moments after that just after, one. well no no, just one of them there's many okay. you know but this was you know one of the more memorable what the fuck moments okay where uh jonathan is now getting cornered by all of the crazy people that oh by the way this is also the pommel horse thing we already talked about that this is after that uh so he's getting cornered in an alley. His only way to go is up, but luckily the alleyway is skinny enough so he can actually kind of like climb it, you know, where you like you push your legs against one part of the wall and your back's towards the other and
0: you can kind of climb up that way. And and, and, it's, then, and it's not easy because it's all that kind of cobblestone. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's really impressive because he's doing it for real, you know. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, not the, as bad as the fight scenes are. It's really a matter of of chore of timing of the choreography, because yes. like man, this guy's got some moves. Like Kurt Thomas, like you know, hats off to him. It it just sucks that it was kind of uh, you know, it it appears comical just because of you know it was badly photographed, you know. So through yes, through no fault of his own, does he look like a fool? Right, I agree with that,
1: hundred percent. Uh, so now uh, it's like slow motion like slow motion whimpering slow motion villagers coming towards them slow motion foot yeah the dogs but you know what those are the least frightening dogs the amount of gray hair on those dogs faces was pretty incredible those dogs were old as fuck I wouldn't be intimidated by those dogs Uh, I I would (laughs) I don't know they probably just want their faces rubbed, man. Yeah, you know, maybe. Um, That'd be a nice end to that story, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. He takes the dogs back. What yeah. if that was his request instead of the military defense? Whatever. it's like, <laughs> I "Want the dogs? They're coming with me, man." <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's all this slow motion crap, and then a, a ninja the slow motion ninja is coming towards Jonathan cuz now he's up at the top of the building which i'm so confused about like just the architecture of this cuz how could he climb up but it looks like a hill like cuz the ninja's walking towards him on a hill
0: but he's at the top of buildings cuz cuz the roof is slanted so the okay. you know water runs off okay i, I yeah i was confused about it So instead of the ninja killing him, again, it just comes down to poorly choreographed. Yeah, poorly photographed. So instead of the ninja killing him,
1: he puts out his hand to pull Jonathan up. And then Jonathan gets up and the guy takes off his mask. Which,
0: which before you reveal that, why in the holy mother of fuck would he trust that? I know. The princess, you know, was her whole point, her one point was seemingly to to prepare him to not trust anyone under any yes. circumstances. And yet, he's oh, a rebel. You know, man. The guys rebel. the guys who have been killing everyone for no reason this whole time, he's going to help me.
1: It's right.
0: it's somehow different this time. <laughs> Bullshit movie, bullshit.
1: (laughs) Go ahead. Hey, hey, Jonathan Cabot does whatever the fuck Jonathan
0: Cabot wants to do. Maybe it's that spider sense, you know? (laughs) Uh, But he takes his mask off, and well, first of all,
1: yes, and now this is the this is the guy who got shot while he's on the rope swing or the rope bridge in the beginning of the movie, right? And it's the same guy. You're like, oh wow, that's cool. Uh, survived he survived i'm like that's pretty cool like got some help from from the inside you know the guy who you thought died at the beginning survived the reveal is that it's his dad and
0: that's when i went what the fuck yeah yeah because like, a you thought he died uh-huh because they showed him like f- falling off of a cliff after getting shot in the ribs um, right Which in and of itself isn't fatal, but that drop sure would have been. And then he says something along the lines of a tree caught me on the way down. Now, I'm calling malarkey on that because they show what that fall looks like because they they shoot another guy doing the same thing because he's doing the hand over hand crossing the rope uh, across this chasm and there were no trees there. Nope. It's, it's there jagged, was rocks and some lightly rocks. flowing water. Yep. Like, no. Even if you hit the water,
1: you'd still be dead. Yep. You know. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> okay. So now you have this. You know, this family reunion that's supposed to be this tear jerking scene. Like, I thought you were gone.
0: No, I'm not. It's jerking something. Right.
1: Well, guess what happens. What Good old ponytail bastard shows up and shoots the dad in the back with a bow and arrow. Yep, they had a reunion for like two minutes and the dad's fucking dead.
0: No time to mourn. No. So after that, understandably. Cabot gets the fire like he's pissed now. He's going after that guy. I'm sick of your shit. I'm going to take him out. You know, like this is going to end. So what's interesting (laughs) is that he's running uphill. And there is a point where one of the ninjas jumps out because he he has to defeat a couple of ninjas because they're kind of throwing themselves in front of their boss to protect him. Now, did you did you notice one of for the last ninja, he he somehow flips over the guy's head and lands in front of him. Yes. What's up? How do you do that when you're running up a hill? Like this guy has got some moves. We've established that. But you're running uphill, a steep ass hill, and you can still full body flip, you know, head over heels, not only for yourself, but over the next guy. (laughs) <laughs> right. I mean, you got to jump like 20 feet vertically straight up in the air. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I hmm. don't know. It's just, you know, <laughs> just the magic of Jim Cotta in full form. Oh, you know? there it is. There it is. I'm sorry. My mistake. <laughs> no, it's it's Jim felt man. the
1: I felt the exact same way. Like, how, how does one do that? Yeah, bro, how do you do that? Bro, bro, bro. It's Jim Cotta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, we don't even Jim Cotta, bro. We
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh we don't even know. Oh my god. This movie has so many <laughs> weird layers. Yeah. You know, it so really does. Th- there's the country that no one can enter, but then he has to get there through a terrorist training camp. I I guess that's that was the Italian mafia scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because they're just dudes in, in suits like I, I don't know what about this as terrorist. But, you know, if you can have a generic villain, this movie's got it. Uh, then a fortified mansion. Mm hmm. Yeah. And if this is what it takes to get into this country, like. How do you get out? Like, do you think it's like the rides at like Cedar Point where or, or like an amusement park where they just kind of like curl back on themselves for miles at a time and then like the one turn style? Which always pisses you off because it's like I could have just fucking gone right through that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Instead of walking five miles around the whole thing to get there. (laughs) Is that the door out of out of uh Parmistan? Yeah. And the airport's just right there.
1: Yeah. Um, Mm. Okay. What I don't understand is like Parmistan. Doesn't seem like it's very big. And I'm not talking about thousands. I mean, like 200, maybe. Like people? How, yeah, like 200 people, if that, you know. Um, I, why? <laughs> it blows my mind that this movie says that that place is important and we need it for a uh, satellite. Like, that's the other weird thing. Like, are they putting a dish down? on there because it's they talk about like the star wars things which was satellites right yeah for those of you that don't know a satellite is in space uh well why why are we on earth trying to figure out what satellites are doing in space
0: well it it does say that it was the first early warning earth station oh right so maybe it's like um Oh, uh, what, what's that in, in Alaska, that, uh, observatory they have. Oh yeah. You know, so maybe, maybe it's like that thing just in, uh, unspecified to stand in, in prime real estate. Yeah. You know, I, I can see Russia from my backyard. There's China, <laughs> <laughs> there's the Canadians. All right. <laughs> Got it on lockdown. Oh, uh, so,
1: okay. After crazy village town thing. Father dying from an arrow, incredible jumping and spinning from, uh, Jonathan Cabot. You get to the showdown between ponytail protagonist and, uh, Jonathan Cabot. Um,
0: it's pretty lackluster, man. (laughs) Like it's, Uh, there's, they, they could have used a pommel horse out in the woods, I think, (laughs) or a a high bar or something. No, one of those things where they do like the, like the hoops with the ropes. Oh, when, when they do the iron cross. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They should have done something (laughs) like that, like over a big ravine. They had to like swing at each other or some shit. Oh man. That would have been amazing. Yeah. But no, we got like flips and shit in some fucking leaves you know, and like karate chopping
0: and uh, neck breaking. Yeah. And that was it. Leaves <laughs> uh, leaves sticking to their sweatshirts and. Yeah. Uh, man, for like I th- this movie did a good job of
1: like being like, I kind of really hate the villain. Right. And so when this fight broke out, I was like, break his fucking neck. But then it was over
0: too quick. <laughs> right. Yeah. The you know, fir- the first time in the movie's history, it ends something too quickly. Right. I mean,
1: a minute, you know, and then uh, it's like a, you know, sprint to the end, mm-hmm. <laughs> sprint to that most infamous uh, uh, still image, <laughs> you know.
0: Well, and then back at the castle, they realize the bad guys are uh, insurrectionists and and the king has his villagers turn on him. But then the villagers get excited, you know, so they're in the middle of carrying out the king's justice and subduing these these uh, insurrectionists. And then Jonathan emerges and they're like, fuck that. This guy just won the game. Let's go run over there. Right. So all right. the bad guys probably escaped after that. If yeah. if they weren't beaten to death or trampled or something. They uh <laughs> Hey man, these guys are distracted. <laughs> Let's get out of here.
1: I'm sure they'll show up in Jim Cotta 2, Jim Harder.
0: Mm, oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh man, okay. Membership revoked. <laughs>
1: uh okay. I would recommend this movie to people, but with some caveats to that, this is not on my worst movies of all time. This is not anywhere, anything good, but I will say that if you're inebriated and you have a group of people around you also inebriated watching this, you're going to have a great time. If you're by yourself, part of your brain is going to hate you and part of your brain's going to love it. So, Pick your poison, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's it is one of those movies where, like, it's it's clearly not good, but it's just entertaining enough and engaging enough. And if if you and your friends like uh, like movies like that that are kind of you know so bad that they kind of circle back to being entertaining, um, you know, I, I I would recommend it. It's it's definitely a, a good source of some beer fueled laughter.
1: Oh, for sure. And I mean, the the preview, (laughs) I love the preview. I got to say this this is probably like bad call, but like the preview is so much more entertaining just on like a nostalgia level with the um, I love the music. The music, and then, but the the dun, guy, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> right? Dun, dun, dun. But the guy describing the movie, the the voiceover that's happening in the preview is just yeah. that old school movie voiceover, right? Yeah. Where it's like, I miss that. Where it's like one guy just being like, "This movie is awesome."
0: One <laughs> man know? saves yeah. the world. <laughs> yeah. Explosive martial art. <laughs> Jim Kata oh man and it is like the the legit guy who used to do all of that because like a lot of times you'll see those and like those old trailers and um if it's not like a main 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 studio movie release it'll be kind of a kind of a knockoff guy but you know a a deep voice just enough to get the point across but not him but this is like legit that you know Mr. Movie voice guy yeah it is um I think that the,
1: there's a documentary on these movie trailer voiceover artists called uh, In a World. Nice. Uh, and it's just it's like it's only like four or five guys, but they have that unique voice where that like that was their career. OK, you know, and it's it's unfortunate that, you know, that's not how trailers are done anymore.
0: <laughs> you know? Oh, man. No, but, yeah, it's it's a lot of like. um lounge lizard covers of uh you know kind of slowing down these like really raw songs to in that kind of lounge lizard leonard cohen kind of way to make it like really dramatic and impactful yeah yep a lot of that kind of thing um one so, so jim got zero jim stars Cotta. but i recommend it yeah <laughs>
1: yes zero zero out of how many ever stars we don't know how many stars we give out but it has
0: zero irrelevant yeah <laughs> there's zero stars could be
1: a hundred doesn't soul. matter yeah yep. uh but i do i mean it's it was fun uh i would say like 50 percent of it was fun there's other parts where it's like
0: huh uh the what now yeah yeah and part of that's due to just the um when they do choose to have dialogue, it, it's just kind of inane. <laughs> it's yeah. like, like huh? what was that supposed to mean? Because probably my favorite example of that in the whole, and there's a, a laundry list of questionable dialogue examples, but probably my favorite example of that is um, Jonathan gets ambushed. Uh, and, and the, his main CIA guy saves, saves his neck, you know, comes in with, with a machine gun, blows the guy away. And, and he just kind of like knowingly looks at both of them, and he, and he says, "Double blackmail," and then he walks away. <laughs> huh? What does that even <laughs> <What>? mean? <laughs> ah, double double blackmail. <laughs> like you just just roll with it, man. Just right.
1: Oh. Uh, also, I want to say um, this uh, chef's kiss.
0: <laughs> what? The the chef's kiss, mwah. Oh right It's just beautiful Double blackmail Um I also want to say
1: That Um Kurt Thomas Mr. Jim Cotta Really should have made His branded action pants Um Ahead of Chuck Norris I think he could have sold millions If he branded the pants That he wore in this movie To be the The best action pants That you could possibly wear (laughs) (laughs) Cause like this guy's doing high kicks and shit with uh-huh. <laughs> no problems, you no. know. Uh, and another thing, uh, we, where, where we they mentioned kind of like puffy sweatpants, though. Or, I, I thought they were actually like karate pants, uh, tailored to look like normal pants, like karate, you know. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, I can see that. Uh, because it looked like because you know, like those those pants are like they're cut in a way where it's like you have a lot of mobility, but these pants did like have like, it looked like they had like pockets and stuff to try to make them look like normal pants. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they were normal at all. Now you're probably right. Okay. Um, we mentioned the director. I also want to bring this up. The director also directed one of my favorite, uh, guilty pleasures, which is black belt Jones. He directed that one as well, which is like a black exploitation movie. Uh, where it's just like kung fu and car washes,
0: so oh, okay. So he covered all the bases then, <laughs> yeah, because he, yeah. he did uh, he did TV as well. There's a pretty hilarious uh, TV show on NBC called Master Ninja, or no, I think it was called The Master, and then yeah. the series was unsummarily canceled because it was uh, pretty wretched and uh, <laughs> it, it stars an aging Lee Van Cleef as this <laughs> master ninja who's retired and uh, he, he's teaching uh, one of the Van Patten boys, one of the Van Patten brothers, uh, all these mystical secrets and they're kind of traveling around in a van. You know, it's sort of like a poor, very, very poor man's a team, except that, um, you know, the, the trick is instead of the army, he's, you know, th- they're ninjas. and then that got the mystery science theater treatment as it uh, as it deserved but uh i think it is children's programming too for something i i I could be off base on that one
1: uh yeah i don't i didn't go through his uh entire imdb but i was just scrolling through and i was like end of the dragon holy shit black belt jones what the fuck Hmm. uh so i assume that maybe uh jim kata would be on those uh levels of enjoyment right you know uh enter the dragon's very very it's a very great i love it uh black belt jones like i said is a guilty pleasure after this one brian's very accurate <laughs> uh bruce lee was the creative force behind enter the Dragon. And, um, you know, uh, Robert Klaus is just kind of the, uh, the equipment manager for these movies had, had to have been so,
0: oh man. Now That's... We, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that Jonathan Cabot, uh, Mr. Kurt Thomas himself actually passed away about a week ago. Yeah. And um, this was not planned this movie was on our list uh, we kind of have a master list of movies to do um and if there's movies you guys would like us to see we're open to su- suggestions so please feel free to you know send that in uh lo- love to hear the kind of movies you like to you know what do you like or what do you like to hear us talk about but um yeah he passed away uh literally one day after I had mentioned to matt like hey we you know we should do Jim cotta
1: yeah, and we then we decided to do a it.
0: Bad movie yet? <laughs> right, and
1: uh, and um, I do I found out about it because I was doing research for this, mm-hmm. and uh, so he passed away on the the fifth. So that's unfortunate. But you know, I did look into his um his uh, gymnastics record. The guy was pretty intense, man. Like he was so good at gymnastics that he has moves that are named after him in like floor routines uh, to this day. Um, and also, um, he was the first American to win a gold medal at the world artistic, uh, gymnastics championship championships. Uh, uh, and that was in 1978. A year later, he set the record for most medals won at a single worlds by an American gymnast only to be matched by Simone uh, Biles in 2018. Well, wow. so, I mean, pretty incredible that yeah. uh, all that um, lasted for as long or just match. I mean, it still lasts. Uh, it hasn't been bested yet. So that's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. You know, rest in peace, Jim Cotta.
0: Rest in peace, indeed. Um, Jim Cotta is a masterpiece, you know, and in a way. It's it's a piece of <laughs> something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I think it's a great example, though, because people always like to think of, you know, like I'm really good at something or I could do that. And I, I think it, it really illustrates that no matter how good you are, for various reasons, if the movie gods aren't on your side, it doesn't matter how hard you work. Your movie will turn out like shit. And, there, you know, there's just a weird X factor there that um, uh, this movie just didn't have, despite how clearly accomplished Kurt Thomas was in real life and, and how, what a peak world-class athlete he was. Um, So, you know, it's gotta, gotta do that prep work, man. Gotta, all all that pre-production stuff is so important and just having the right people in the right roles, you know, things can go South for reasons you don't even understand. Right. Um, I mean, like, I guess like, who uh,
1: yeah like it's kind of weird that like more thought wasn't put into like choreographing scenes they just kind of were almost at so many points it just said hey uh kurt we got the camera rolling just go do something (laughs) you know (laughs) like uh it doesn't seem like it it had a lot of uh, thought to it which is unfortunate because you're i mean yeah you're right like the guy is an amazing athlete like you know and then you know you have like yeah uh, he, he he probably should have gotten like the jet lee treatment you know <laughs> like just make him look awesome all the time but unfortunately that didn't happen right so anyways yeah kind of recommend it kind of not it exists that's that's fair <laughs> uh anything you want to add before before we're out of here
0: no um People know where to find me. I'm I'm on the social medias at the Bombastic Entertainment. But I I do want to talk about something you did, though. Um, I I checked out your website, your This Is Revision site. Yeah. Um, That's cool. Uh, Some some of my same movie friends have uh, various means of acquiring movies, uh, you know, all of them legitimate because they're, you know, screening them from the press or things like that, you know, so they get screeners for movies, but they don't always know what to do with them. So I, I put them on to your website as uh, this is revision of, uh, you know, hopefully there's, you, you guys, you guys got to get some more stuff on there. Cause there's some cool alternate covers on there. I, I think it's a neat idea. And, uh, um, I'd, I'd like to see you do more of that.
1: Oh, we definitely are. Uh, and thanks for bringing it up. We, um, uh, we're like we're going to be updating that on a monthly basis so two more covers uh so uh right now there's only two people involved it's myself and another uh illustrator graphic designer uh uh andrew heath um so right now like we're uh, actually in the next couple days so by the time this episode goes up they'll already be on the website uh so we'll have four more covers because we're going to be doing two from us a month so two each from us a month moving forward uh we started with six each so there's 12 right now um soon there'll be 16 but there's also um there's a lot of interest uh from other artists just who wanted to contribute uh so we'll be um updating that with more um artwork than just four a month depending on you know who we reach out to and uh uh to, to get them involved so definitely check that out but it's going to be updated on a monthly basis with new stuff from myself andrew and other artists and illustrators you know that have reached out and expressed interest so it's pretty fun you know it's it's uh it's just something to do it's kind of a nice thing um you know and i think people have really enjoyed it a lot of people have reached out already that have like hey look at my collection <laughs> it's like you know it's oh, nice. really cool to see like you know the spines and it's like oh that's you know something i designed that's something that andrew did it's really awesome to see so, yeah, and thanks for bringing that up. That's awesome. Uh, but, yep, no the website is uh, thisisrevision.com where you can find it. It's all 100% free. Uh, there there are DVD and Blu ray sizes. All you have to do is download the file and hit print. And there you go. That's it. Um, for me, I, man, I don't really have much going on. I, I mean, I always have stuff going on, but. It's kind of the the same thing, just a different day, just moving forward with new designs. So like this, I'm actually pretty excited this weekend uh, that we're recording this episode. I actually have uh, all the supplies that I need for apparel printing. So those are coming out shortly, finally. (laughs) So uh, I mentioned those uh, last episode or the episode before about uh, what I'm doing with my free time which was like apparel design and screen printing and all that stuff. So, you know, finally that's coming out. So super excited for that. So maybe by the time
0: this goes up, you might have something.
1: Oh, for sure. By the time this goes up, yep, yeah, there will definitely be apparel designs in my store, which is mpepler.com. So you'll be able to find all of that stuff there. Everything that I've been talking about <laughs> through all these episodes, that's where you can find my stuff at. Cool, cool, cool. But thanks again for listening everyone i hope you enjoyed it check out jim Cotta if you want
0: <laughs> if yeah, you're drunk <laughs> yeah pour, pour one out for yourself and for Kirk thomas and uh yeah for just, sure just enjoy it yes
1: uh until next time adios bye everyone